Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer. Old Smoky Moonshine and you with Chad Withrow, Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Jacob Swanson making it happen for us on the video end. David Reed is the chairman of the board for radio. Gentlemen, big show planned. Trey Wallace from Outkick joins us in about 20 minutes. We'll preview all things SEC weekend. Armando Salguero in hour number two, as we will talk NFL headlines, news, and notes with Outkick.com's Armando Salguero. And then former Titans head coach Jeff Fisher joins us live in studio at 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern. He is set to go into the Titans Ring of Honor this Sunday as the Titans host the Texans. The winningest coach in franchise history joins us here in the final hour as we go down memory lane, tell some stories. Uh... Chances are we'll laugh quite a bit. That's uh, coming up from 4 until 5 o'clock later this afternoon. Gentlemen. We are deep into football season, boys, and this is a football-heavy show today uh, with this guest list. We are going to hit the SEC. We're going to hit the NFL. We're going to hit some story time and talk of coaching in the NFL with Jeff Fisher. I am pumped up for today. I'm excited about the 6th over Peabody today. 6th is better than Peabody. 6th is actually... Almost getting clear. This multi-use project over here that's been blocking the road unnecessarily for a long time. I'm an expert on these construction things and the need. The permits are too permissive, and they're finally clearing up some of the road that they're taking up. So today, it's not about Peabody. It's about sixth. Congratulations on Big these day people for getting sixth. some work done. Big day for sixth. Yeah, if you're coming, come on sixth. Chad, have you had Screw any Peabody. issues with this road over here? Well, Paul must be coming in from a different angle, I'm guessing. I've never gone on this this road. <laughs> well, no, this I is hold on. This is sixth. sixth. Yeah. It's normally open. Yeah. No, it's not a problem. I come in, I I just, come in the other way. I just I come disgusted that these construction companies all around the city throughout the great growth of Nashville oh, that, no, that generally get to do whatever they want, they do. it appears. They block the road whenever they care to. Their trucks back in and they just throw they up just their stop. hands. Hey, you yeah, stop. They just stay there. You stop. The city's not going to function right now because we're building a building. It is a, it is a problem, Paul. You're right. That if you're in a big enough construction vehicle, you can do whatever it you gives want. you the right to just stop, put hazards on, do what you need to do. Yeah. That's a problem. I hate it. I told uh, the former mayor at one time when she was a guest on our former show, I proposed a one-year moratorium on construction. She said, what's your other good idea? She wasn't going for that. Well, I, so I, I appreciate it when a police officer will pull someone over and tell them to get out of the road. Yeah. This happened, I, I'm dropping my daughter off at school a couple days ago, and I see it looks like a high school girl getting pulled over, going too fast in a school zone. The cop pulls her over, and she just pulls over Half of her car is in the busy street drive where you know it's rush hour in the morning, and then the other half's on the shoulder, and the cop is almost out of his car waving her into the business. 
She could pull right into a business, and he's trying to get, and she is not understanding what he's saying, and he is motioning her, and finally, she gets out of the car to look at him, and then gets back in and, and drives up. I- where you're not blocking everyone. I was also in Bell Mead today. For those of you who don't know Nashville, Bell Mead is like the fanciest neighborhood of Nashville. And there's a strip there that the speed limit is 40. And if you go 41, you get pulled over. The cops are just stacked up there. The whole community is financed by people who are dumb enough to drive 41 there. And then you go to court. They joke about <laughs> you. They joke about you driving over the speed limit, how silly you are. And, and it's like a big thing. I went to fight a ticket in court once, and it was like embarrassing the whole process of how they laugh at you, like the whole the, the court officer and the judge and the clerk. They all laugh and the, how dumb you are. So there were like three cops stationed there as I drove 39 to my dental cleaning. And, exactly 39. Yeah, I'm looking at it. We'll just well, try 40. Somebody passed. No, no, no. I don't want to push. I don't want to get I mean, close. That's the huh? limit. I don't want to get close. What if I'm not calibrated properly? <laughs> <laughs> a 39 felt risky <laughs> uh tonight thursday night football falcons hosting the patriots and um over under i don't know the prop bet here over under for how many times the super bowl in the 28 to 3 oh, is referenced constant not sure matt ryan oh and four all time against the new england patriots and they take on mac jones in the rookie season that has been really good for the Bama quarterback. He's not getting his first win tonight. You know why? The Patriots offensive line playing very well. And Atlanta generates no pressure. They are last in sack rate. And they are second to last in hit rate. Mac Jones will have all the time he needs to sort out whatever he needs to sort out. We talked about him throwing very short for the most of the time. And being very managed in this last win. He'll be managed tonight. But the management has, a, there's a lot more time. So the Patriots also only allow 17 points per game, nearly 18, but we'll say 17 point, seven, 17 and a half points per game. Meanwhile, the, the Falcons offense can score if they have Cordero Patterson available. He is a legit game time decision. If this were a Sunday game, he would play. He's a legit game time decision tonight on Thursday night with an ankle issue and Chad's waiting on this for his fantasy. Without him, they have exactly one weapon, Kyle Pitts. How does New England traditionally do taking away a primary weapon? They're it's, fantastic at it. So you're down to a bunch of guys who don't produce. It's going to be a bloodbath yeah. if Cordero Patterson can't go. It may be Even either with, way. But, uh, that I mean, that's – I love, by the way, what Arthur Smith has done with him in his short time in Atlanta. He doesn't have a lot of Because there's with. always been I – mean, he, he's such a unique player – and how he, he, you just need the ball in his hands, but he's not a, a prototypical wide receiver, not great at running routes. But is he a running back? No, he's more of a wide receiver build. But the way Arthur Smith has used him has been great. If he's not able to go questionable right now, big problem for the Falcons. You know what surprises me? I don't want this to happen, but it surprises me nobody's brought back the slash term for Patterson because he really is a true slash. When is the last time we've seen that? Like, running back slash wide receiver because I mean he's we second really. he's second but on the team doing. in receptions he leads the leads the team in rushing yards uh 303 yards he also leads the team in touchdowns he's wasted he's been wasted a lot because people haven't decided to do this with him they've pigeonholed him and look everybody's pigeonholed I mean you have a position generally speaking when you talk about a guy's versatility on offense you're generally talking about a running back that can do both you're not talking about a receiver who can do both well, and I think of um, you know Robert Woods in L.A., Tyreek Hill, 
Those are guys, they're not used as slashy as Cordell Patterson, but guys who are used in the run game quite a bit, yeah. as well as the passing game. But Patterson is, is so much more unique because he's a get-over-the-top threat. We saw that in a big play to beat New Orleans. Uh, he's a wheel-route guy. Uh, he's not really, you know, Robert Woods and Tyree Kill are so different because you're going to see, you know, a 10-yard stop with them and they'll catch it or a slant. You're not seeing that as much with Patterson. And they're not returning he's just, kicks. Yeah, he's, he's unique in that way with the different things that he could do, but also with some of the things he doesn't do. Chad was excellent on Robert Woods and many other things on Dan Dockich this morning. Thank I, you. I enjoyed it during my drive at 39 miles an hour through Bellmead. Dan Dockich uh, doing a good job getting it done without kick. I'm enjoying his show. That was a fun good visit today. You should uh, listen to him in the morning before you listen to us. Morning's 9 o'clock Central Yep, here across the Outkick Network. Eight, I think 8 Central. 8 Central? Yeah, 9 to 11 Eastern, 8, eight Central. How do I know that happened? Because I was on at 8.30 Central. Okay. Eight, w- wouldn't have known that. I thought he was starting an hour later 10. also. And I say that to say that um, Dan Dockich also screwed up the time of our show, so I don't feel so bad <laughs> about screwing that up. He just added an hour is all he did. He thought we were four hours and not three. The Falcons have three losses this season by 23 or more points. They've also won four games, but they have three losses by 23 or more. Meanwhile, the Patriots, they beat the Browns 45-7. to They beat the Panthers by 18. They beat the Jets by 41. The Jets, they give no forgiveness to. But I, I hesitate in saying expect a blowout tonight because I expected one last week with Baltimore on the road at Miami. Well, and those primetime slots, like you pointed out early, have have been pretty good to us. And uh, several times we've said we don't expect it on a Thursday night, a Monday night, and they've been better than we expect. That yeah. said, I don't think this one will be any good. Also, uh, a, a lot of talk, and rightfully so, about Mac Jones, who's the poor, he, he, he's the leader right now for rookie of the year. There is another good rookie on the Patriots' offensive lineup in Ramondre St- Stevenson. He's the guy we joked about. It was week two or yeah, week three of the preseason. Stats. Yeah, we were we were betting on him. Weren't yeah, we? we had prop bets on the the fourth quarter stats <laughs> for some random preseason game, and we said, "Oh, Ramondre Stevenson's going to run all," and he did. He had like a hundred and something yards and a quarter in the preseason. Um, he is the fifth rookie this season to rush for a hundred yards or more in a game. It's always dangerous though to count on anything from a Patriots running back because they split it up so much. Damian Harris. We'll also get some, so you never know what the distribution is game to game with them. It'll be it'll be him tonight, I think. I think they will they will try to establish Stevenson quite a bit in this game. Um, props to Sean Payton, uh, formerly cheers, formerly uh, yes, cheers, ch- cheers, Sean. Sean, uh, he was in Nashville last week, and there was like a like, almost a, a baton handoff where Sean Payton is no longer a part of the competition committee. Mike Vrabel, meanwhile, is the the Titans head coach. And Sean Payton was on Dan Patrick earlier this week and said, look, the the taunting penalty across the league, it has been over-officiated. It was not, what we're seeing is not what they voted in, or at least not what they expected to vote in. Not what they were talking about. Um, Yes, uh, in the spirit of the rule, it is definitely overflowed with more penalties than what the competition committee expected behind closed doors. That's the first time I've heard that from anyone on the competition committee or anyone that's a head coach currently in the NFL. So props to Sean Payton this is the common for actually sense, saying what everyone is saying. Yes, a common sense answer that all of us are saying. Why is nobody saying this? It, 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 okay, if you want, like, uh, 
Yeah, what did he say? He said we were talking about, you know, guys standing with their crotch over a guy's face. Yeah, he said, I think it's being over-officiated. I sat in on the discussions. I don't think any of us who discussed it saw where it is now. And then he goes on to say that they were trying to eliminate players standing over opponents or crawling over players with their crotch by establishing a bright line that everyone agreed was taunting. I'm on board with the bright line. I have no problem with the bright line. I understand not wanting that to trickle down to kids. Jeff Fisher, we might talk about this with. He'll talk about how the celebration thing w- was that. They didn't want it overboard so you don't drive by a peewee field and, guess what's and, back? See, and see the kids making a circle and doing an explosion. And guess what's back? They went too far with that, and they, they got off of it. And um, now they're back to it. You can yeah. celebrate all you want to now. It's, it served its time, so now they've moved to taunting. I don't have a problem with the taunting rule as intended like Sean Payton's talking about. I do have a huge problem with it, as all of America does. With the way it's being Well, I think Sean Payton, it was very reasonable in his assessment of it where he didn't completely dump on the league and the reasoning behind it saying, here's what we talked about, the crotch shots, standing over people, you know, pushing yourself off of someone to get up, those things. But this was such a reasonable explanation for something that we've all seen. And we're sitting here saying, amen, because finally someone in the league that has a little bit of power, said something about it. And he's spot on right. They, they've taken it too far. If, if you give them an inch, they'll want a mile. And they can't admit and they're it's wrong. Also, they can't admit they're wrong. You're asking a bunch of old dudes to, to, to legislate something that it's not, this is not holding that they're trying to find. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, Tony Carinti is of a, a generation that what Cassius Marsh was doing is uncalled for. In his generation, he's thinking back to his high school coach would have ripped a knot in his backside and pulled him out of the game for that. So when he's sitting there staring the guy down, he's looking at it from a different perspective. And then Sean Payton is saying, here's what we discussed. This is what we want to weed out of the game. And they've taken a step too far. But when you give old people the ability to be old with a rule, they're going to be old. And, and that's they, exactly what these old refs are doing. And they need to be redirected, like you're talking about the old, but they need to be redirected like a child. You take them and you, right? Chad, you've got the young kids. You take her but here's the problem. and you refocus it, her yes. on something else. And Park Avenue's not doing that. That's where the major failure But is. people want to point out, you know, what happened in Knoxville in the Ole Miss game and the fans and what happened at Texas Tech and all of this. And the root problem of this is the officiating. And no one's taking these officials aside like a child, Paul, and doing this. That's what should be done. Because for whatever reason, they are a protected class. They really are. They are protected citizens. We can't say their names. We can't call them out. They can't be held accountable. They can't do interviews. None of this is possible. And the people in, in power, conference commissioners, NFL commissioner, and many times coaches, they're allowing all this to happen. Because they're not holding their feet to the fire. They're not holding them accountable. And that, that's the root cause for some bad fan behavior for things like we saw with the whole issue with taunting in the Bears-Pittsburgh game. And These are issues that aren't going away until officiating gets better. I've got a story I need to share with you guys, and we'll get into this more. But it's, it's the, the tip of the iceberg, not to rely on a cliche, about gambling. About gambling and about fixing. 17 games is not a lot. Every game is hugely important. One penalty lets a team keep the ball when it should be punting. It changes the result of one game. That one game has an influence on who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. It changes somebody's bank account in a big way. 
there's going to come sooner rather than later accusations that something big is going on here that's connected and it doesn't have to be connected to Vegas anymore. It could be connected to somebody's damn phone. Or the mob. Uh, I'm with you, Paul. This is, I, I preferred the days of the mob. <laughs> right? It was shadier. <laughs> well, it was, it, yes. You know, you, there's, it's well, above ground. I, I also think that it's, it's so out there that it lessens the problems in a way. It was already happening. Yeah, it was already happening, but I'm saying now, once you take something from the dark web and put it in light, <laughs> it becomes less appealing for many, and then the rule breakers within it, it's less appealing. Uh, I think it's easier, more, more appealing. Go do it now. It's harder to get in trouble because everybody's betting, yeah. right? Everyone's betting, but to not everyone extent, is yeah. Tim Donaghy. Tim Donaghy was in the era prior to online sports betting. He's already served a prison term. You say it. perception is reality all the time. The more yeah. these happen, the more perception there's going to be. We could scream from the rooftops it was happening, and now all these leagues are saying, yeah, it was happening. Might as well get paid to do it. And so they're getting paid through these gambling companies to do it. Paul's, that's all this is. I mean, seeing a lot that's of also the perception. Saying, I'm saying there could come a lack of faith in the reliability of results from these leagues coming paul sees a lot of people like uh, the uh, chevy chase is the doctor in dirty work <laughs> owes his money to the, to the mob <laughs> lose a finger no coming up trey wallace joins us time to preview the sec weekend and some coaching rumors is lane kiffin going to be the head coach at Ole miss next spring we'll, we'll ask trey wallace uh his prediction on that that and more straight ahead on outkick 360 first though aurora nutra science VitaLifeScience.com, V-I-D-A LifeScience.com for the best supplements. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. VitaLifeScience.com is where you can see more information. Our OutKick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OutKick360 at checkout. Typical pills and capsules, not well absorbed. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I, I personally use vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione. I do that every morning. Simple, single-use packets. You can grab and go in the mornings, take them with you to work, use them throughout the day, whenever you want. Aurora supplements also help if you're a weekend warrior, if you take medication for high cholesterol, if you want the endless benefits from curcumin, Aurora supplements can help you. Vitalifescience.com, V-I-D-A, lifescience.com for more info. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. Armando Salguero and Jeff Fisher later today on OutKick360. Crew is all here from 6th and Peabody, Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. And we say hello to Trey Wallace of OutKick.com, SEC writer and columnist, does great work previewing and reviewing the news across the Southeastern Conference. Trey, hope you're doing well, man. Guys, good afternoon to you. Hoping the, the week is rounding out well as we get ready for a good weekend of uh, college football, maybe a little NFL football as well for Paul. So we'll, we'll right. get it all together. We will, uh, we're going to preview the SEC slate, uh, some of the bigger matchups this weekend that we can pick from. Let's start, though, with the news and rumors across the league. Uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, his name's going to be mentioned at all the big job openings and even some job openings that aren't even open right now 
and what Manny Diaz could happen, what could happen to him at Miami. With all that being said, Miami or anyone else, do you think Lane Kiffin, Trey, is the head coach at Ole Miss next spring for their spring game? If 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 man, if you got to put it to me right now, you're just saying in general. I don't think so. I I, th- I think somebody comes and scoops up Lane Kiffin, whether that be LSU down their list, whether that be Miami, um, if they decide they want to go that route, and if Manny Diaz is let go, you know that that's right. still a, you know, there's not an opening yet, but if there is, maybe Lane would be involved. Um, I I think you know something to keep an eye on. Maybe would be Florida. You know, t- talk about a guy who could come in there and, and, and rile up the program. And, you know, they'd want to go offensive. You know, if they decide to do something with Dan Mullen, I think this weekend is very huge for him. I think, there, I think there's going to be opportunities. And there's going to be opportunities as well in his name, too, because of who his agent is. You know, and, and, and him getting it out there and, you know, would he do a new contract within – you know, this would be his, I think his second contract within his time being at Ole Miss just because of state laws and how many years they can go about, you know, four years with new contracts. So I I, I tend to agree, yes, he's going to be gone after mm. this season. Um, but, but I feel like, you know, we're still kind of waiting to see which one of those other big jobs opens up. Because if Miami and Florida don't open up, I don't see Kiffin leaving this season. Trey, one that I do not buy right now is who's rumored at the top of the list for LSU, and that's Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma. I know Bruce Feldman came out and said, I've talked to people, it's not happening, that he's not going to leave Oklahoma for LSU. What do you make of these rumors? Do you think that it's viable that LSU could pull Lincoln Riley out of Norman? Look, I I, I get the part where it's going to be easier to recruit in Baton Rouge, per se, just because of the in-state does its job for you. Um, but I think when you look at things right now with with Lincoln Riley, he's pretty happy. And 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 you know, right now at Oklahoma, you look at the contract money that can be given. Let's be real honest. Once Oklahoma, and if he continues to have success, once they get into the Southeastern Conference, I would expect a new contract for him, anyways. If he keeps doing what he can do, you know, with the Sooners. So you know, uh, the money situation. You know, he's got enough money. So, like, you know, when you hear reports about certain figures that are coming out, you know, maybe 11 to $12 million that LSU is willing to offer him, yeah, that's all good and dandy. But if he's got a good situation right now in Norman and he knows he's coming to the conference in two years, maybe quicker, we'll see, but probably two years from now anyways, you're having to decide which school, you know, do you want to be a part of and who you can recruit and who you can have better results at. And and we don't know right now because if you can continue to do well at Oklahoma, then that might be good enough for the SEC down the road. I, Chad, I don't think there's a difference. Like I think LSU is top five program in the country, maybe top three, period. But you also have to weigh the negatives and the positives here. Isn't it worth going down to Baton Rouge and dealing with everything that they have going on behind the scenes? Right now, I just feel like Lincoln Riley's happy in Norman. Attached to the Lincoln Riley rumor – was a Caleb Williams rumor. Hey, if if he goes to LSU, he's bringing his quarterback and other people with him. So we had a conversation about unintended consequences consequences of the transfer portal. Setting Lincoln Riley aside, with all the movement we're about to see, are we about to see a disastrous thing for programs who lose their coach where they take 
a dozen guys or however many guys with them off their roster who they recruited, leaving not just a coaching vacancy, but uh, a, a depth chart vacancy like we've never seen before. Well, I mean, Paul, you know, when we when we look at these guys making a move and whoever, let's just throw out, for instance, that maybe James Franklin gets the USC job. You know, it's not going to surprise me if James Franklin takes, you know, takes five players, you know, from Happy Valley with him to, to USC. You know, to have some familiarity out there, some playmakers, some guys that want a different chance in another school. Like, that part's not going to surprise me. What's going to be interesting to see is, you know, does a head coach, and does a head coach, like you just brought up, does a head coach take a starting quarterback with him where you're set for the next four years at your next institution, at least three years, you know, do you go over there and you have that bridge where, okay, I've got a stable point on the offensive side of things that I'm taking this position with, and it's no longer, you know, I don't know how crazy this is going to be when Paul, these things turn into a package deal where you've got coaches. Okay. And now I've got a player on board to come with me. Now we're out of the realm of just talking about assistant coaches or head coaches we're talking about okay which players can you also bring now to up our program we're gonna see that in college football and it's not going to be surprising if it happens this year you know so nothing's going to surprise me the caleb williams thing you know okay you can you can throw his name out there and if the kid would potentially go with lincoln riley that's fine but i have to really see it to believe it especially with him you know potentially being able to take over at oklahoma Trey, one thing that jumps out to me, a name that we're not seeing on any of these lists for these great jobs that are open, and it's Mark Stoops, someone that you would have seen early in the year on all these lists. Is that a function of Kentucky you know, not being maybe as great as they were in that uh, initial stretch of the season? Or is it also a function of Mark Stoops isn't going anywhere, and, and that's pretty much out there now that he's a Kentucky lifer at this point? I mean, he had that contract extension click in automatically, one-year extension after he beat Vanderbilt. So when he hit that seven-win mark, he got an extra year added to his contract. Uh, When he gets to nine wins, he's going to get a $250,000 bonus uh, from Kentucky, and he's going to get to nine wins. You know, Mark Stoops was a – it felt like if Mark Stoops was going to go anywhere, it would have been like that Florida State job if it were to come open, something along those lines. You know, I don't see Mark Stoops as like going to the ACC and taking over a program. You know, maybe he would dip his toes in the Big 12 a little bit. But if you look at it now, I just don't see Mark Stoops leaving Kentucky. I think Kentucky is Mark Stoops now. And here's the problem. If he wanted to leave – He really shot himself in the foot over the last month with the way that the team has been playing on the field last month and a half when they went on that three-game losing streak. So now you look at it, and it's kind of like what's going on with James Franklin at Penn State. It's like you were hot there for a minute. Now you're not anymore. So, okay, we'll we'll deal with where we're at right now. And so, you know, I, I just can't see Mark Stoops anywhere else right now. And I don't know if... You know, deserved is maybe the wrong word, but is Mark Stoops a sexy enough hire for a university? I, I don't think so right now. I, I think he'd have to put together another nine to ten win season before he would get a look at for maybe a big job. Trey Wallace from Outkick.com with us on Outkick 360. Doesn't it feel like Florida and Dan Mullen are parting ways? And and if not, why not, Trey? Uh, but it, does it really matter what happens over these final two weeks? And if he loses to Missouri, is it over? It feels like, you know, in talking with some folks in Gainesville, 
it feels like, and I wrote about this, the, the boosters are agitated, the fans are agitated, the administration's throwing their hands up, like what in the world's going on with our program? And you look at the way the next two weeks line up, and you know, I, I don't think it would be a situation where they would say, okay, we're letting you go right now if they go to Columbia and lose, which, by the way, I think they're going to go to Columbia and lose to Missouri because I think Missouri's going to run the football on them, and Florida hasn't figured out a way to stop that. But you look at Dan Mullen, this program overall, where's the energy at? Like, I, I saw the whole dance video after the Sanford win, and I get that players want to celebrate, and, and, and that's fine. But when you put up, you know, you allow that many points, thank goodness for Emory Jones if you're Dan Mullen, because if you didn't have him, he doesn't win that football game. So you look at it overall from a perspective of where the program is. Your fans are already agitated. You were on a losing streak. And then you come out and you play like that against an FCS school that had gotten beaten by the Virginia Military Institute a few weeks earlier. And now you want to come out and act like you've won yourself a title. You know, and, and I for Dan Mullen to say, you know, he's never going to be disappointing in a win. That's fine. You can say that. Go say that to recruits. Or say that to somebody else that, that might need to hear that. Don't keep putting yourself in those situations in the public eye. I, I think that they have the money right now and talking with folks. If they need to get out of that buyout with, with Dan Mullen, um, they can do it. And, and I think it's going to come down to what happens in the next two weeks. I just don't see, Jonathan, how you could – if you drop that game to Missouri – and then you got to play FSU, who will be potentially playing for bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. How do you sell the program over the next three years? You can't. There's no excitement in Gainesville anymore. And there's no excitement right now. So I just think this weekend's very big for Mullen and his future. But honestly, I think they should go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off, go out there and find another coach and restart because Dan Mullen's not winning them a national championship in the next four to five years. Well, and Trey, speaking of a big weekend, how about Auburn at South Carolina this weekend? It's been amazing to see the roller coaster ride around Brian Harson from this guy's the second coming, according to Auburn fans, to we need to go ahead and admit a mistake and get rid of this guy uh, from Auburn fans, seemingly from week to week. On the flip side of that, Shane Beamer has a chance to get South Carolina bowl eligible, and they haven't had a quarterback all year. They've had no consistent quarterback play with injuries and everything else. What a remarkable feat it would be in year one if Shane Beamer could beat Florida as badly as they did and then follow it up with a win over Auburn as what is right now a seven-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah, I mean, and let's not forget either the comeback that they had in the fourth quarter last week against Missouri. I know it was in Columbia, but they were down 17, and they made that a game in the last three minutes. So you, you look at South Carolina right now. Uh, let's see. They had a GA turn quarterback starting for them, and then all of a sudden they had Jason Brown, who is a transfer from St. Francis College, come in and start playing for them and has actually played pretty decent uh, for what they've been trying to get him to do. I think it would be huge for Shane Beamer to go get, get bowl eligible in your first year, uh, grab some more momentum before you go play Clemson next week, and Clemson's not good this year. We've definitely seen that. I think on the flip side of that too, though, with, with Brian Harson and Auburn, a big, big blow when it comes to Bo Nix breaking his ankle last week and, and them having. But that's why they went out and got T.J. Finley for situations like this and then also building towards the future. So you've got to be able to use him in the right way on Saturday. And look, Auburn fans are fickle, okay? This is – if you're not – here's the thing. If you're not from the area, if you don't embrace 
the booster situation, if you know, and meaning going to all the meetings, going to hang out, going golfing, whatnot. If you don't do all of that, you you kind of make yourself as an outlier. And Brian Harson's not all about the good old boy club down in Auburn. It's just it's just fact. It is what it is. So sometimes you make some enemies without even knowing it. I think at Auburn, you know, they just they want to win now, and they get cold feet about the hire that they made. I haven't seen anything out of Alan Green or talked to anybody out of Alan Green who thinks, okay, this guy is not going to get an opportunity for the next two to three years to turn this thing around. But we've seen crazier things happen. Let's not forget Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State when he was ousted. They figure out, you know what, that ain't the right guy. Let's move on. It wouldn't surprise me if Auburn does not have a good year next season in 2022 that Brian Harson wouldn't return. How did you enjoy Kirby Smart's halftime chat? <laughs> Paul, it was uh, uh, it it was good, inspiring. Like, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it was inspiring. Like I, I I was sitting there and I was listening to it, and I was like, "Damn, okay." Either a, <laughs> I want to go work out, or b, run through a wall. Um, so no, it it really was, and 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 the best part, the best part about the whole thing was when he said, "I want to physically break Florida." And, and, and I was just, okay. I thought he meant the actual easy. state. Like he was going to break off a piece of the Dan, peninsula Dan and make Walken it an island. I thought he meant that. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Going to break right. it off yeah. in the Caribbean. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure, yeah. Walken has a, a lot of fun takes. We know that, right? But hey, you know what? That's Georgia right now. They're rolling. Kirby Smart, he's in his fields and, and they go beat. And you saw what they did against Florida in that second half. They allowed a touchdown with two minutes to go in the game. So, I like what Kirby's doing on there. I will say, though, if he doesn't win it this year, he'll never win a title at Georgia. I absolutely period. love discovering discovering on your Twitter feed that you are a big U.S. men's national soccer team fan. I don't know if I need you to talk me down off the Jamaica loss or talk these guys down who just don't get No need to talk, Brad. Yeah. Tell no, me what it's happened. fine. I love it. I'm like, I'm like a huge fan. I'm with Paul on this. And we're fine. It was a tie. They came off of Mexico, you know, when the emotions traveling to Jamaica, they'll be okay, Paul. It's okay. I do look I, Paul. I would really love for me and you to go January 30th to Canada to see USA play the, uh, the Canadians in the world cup qualifying. I'm in. I love Canada. Head to the ice. Yes. Sounds good. Trey, uh, you are from Mobile, Alabama, so I'd be remiss if I did not ask you about uh, your South Alabama Jags coming to Knoxville to take on uh, Tennessee th this weekend. Uh, South Alabama's had a rough go of it with some injuries. Tennessee's a huge favorite in this game. Uh, I know you know their coach pretty well. Also, has done a nice job as a really young coach in major college football. What do you think about Tennessee and where they are from an injury standpoint going into this game with South Alabama, where Josh Heupel has said all week, it's about playing hard, playing well in this game. Totally about Tennessee and what they do and how they approach it. Yeah, Tennessee's going to have to get past some injuries, you know, when it comes to the running back spot, even the wide receiver position, if Javante Payton can't go or Tyon Evans, if he can't go the rest of the season, they're going to have to figure out what to do with, you know, Jabari Small or, or Jalen Wright. But I think this is a game that, you know, the good thing about this is like this Tennessee team really enjoys playing together. And they also know that there's a goal. You know, the bowl game is a is a is a huge goal for the players inside the program, especially on that leadership council. They talk about it all the time. If they could finish the season in Florida playing in the Outback Bowl or the Gator Bowl or something like that. I mean, talk about a huge turnaround from what these guys were dealing with 10 months ago. And so I, I 
you know, I, I, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if they're going to cover, you know, when, once it gets up to, if it gets up to 28, 27 like that, I don't know if they'll cover, but I think Tennessee comes out and handles business on Saturday. They should, you know, the crazy part about this, Chad, like I was looking forward to my Jaguars coming and playing because they had Jake Bentley, who's been around for like seven years in college football. So, Unfortunately, he's out with an MCL tear, um, so he won't be playing. But um, South Alabama is dangerous at the wide receiver position. Uh, they have a first-rounder on their squad, so Tennessee better shut them down. But other than that, hey, it is what it is. Just get out of Knoxville with a decent loss and make Kane Womack in the program and Mobile look good. Follow Trey on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. Read his work at outkick.com, all things SEC, college football, Trey, thank you as always, man. We enjoy this each and every Thursday. Terrific. Guys, have a great weekend. Thanks so much for having me. Trey Wallace, still to come. Armando Salguero will join us, plus Jeff Fisher. When we come back, one thing on every NFL game for Week 11. That's next on Outkick 360. Patriots and Falcons tonight is your Thursday night matchup. Here is at least one thing on every NFL game for Week 11. Outkick 360 rolls on. We mentioned Cordero Patterson, a game-time decision tonight for the Falcons. He leads their team in receptions, also rushing yards and touchdowns. They need him to play. And this is the downside of Thursday night because he would play if the game were on Sunday. We don't know about his status as he begins warm-ups later this evening in Atlanta. Very single-player reliant. You trade Julio Jones, and um, uh, Ridley leaves for personal reasons. Yeah. Pitts is coming on, but very single-player reliant. Um, Colts travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. There have been 11 NFL teams that have scored 40 or more points this season. The Bills and Cowboys lead the way. They've each done it three times. And the Colts defense will have to keep pace with that up-tempo Bills offense that can't really run the football. They're going to be throwing it against Indy. Meanwhile, the Colts, to stay in it, keep an eye on their special teams. They do a tremendous job of forcing turnovers top to bottom. But on special teams, they have two. They have a, a block kick. They have scored on special teams twice this season. That could upset some of the spread lines with uh, this this matchup there. Colts at Bills. I'm picking Buffalo. Don't, People don't keep finding twisted. ways for the Colts to stay in it. I can't see how they can lose more and stay in it. They can't lose that game and stay oh, yeah. in it. They're, but they, they would become just the seventh team in NFL history to make the playoffs after starting 0-3, the Colts. Well, it also says a lot about that seventh spot. Ravens at Bears. Lamar Jackson, he is seventh in the NFL in rushing. He has, he has posted more than 100 yards rushing than 19 NFL franchises as of today, <laughs> individually. That's crazy. I mean, uh, that speaks to him, but also speaks to some teams being really poor. He is 25-2 and two when he faces a team for the first time. He will face the Bears for the first time tonight. Had that last week. He's also, also uh, uh, this week and not tonight, he's also very sickly. Um, he he's sick again. He's he missed practice with illness. You know, he's, he's had COVID twice now. He has missed practice, not due to COVID, but due to illness twice already this season. And he's missed practice again this week due to illness. Very sickly guy, top to bottom. I need some zinc. Uh, yeah, maybe. Browns hosting the Lions, the Browns and Lions. These are the two non-expansion teams that have never won the Super Bowl. 
these two going head to head. If you're going to pick the Lions to win, I looked at their schedule. This is maybe one of the two games you'd pick. The Lions rush for 229 yards, uh, 130 by DeAndre Swift against Pittsburgh in that tie. Jared Goff has been terrible. They're going to run the football, Cleveland. And if you're like me and you don't want to pick the Lions to ever win, then just this, don't pick yeah, this one either. Just don't pick this one, one wouldn't be the one. one. This is not. This also, like every other one, is not the one. Vikings are hosting the Packers, and this note from Rick Goslin, which is important. Sean Hockley, Hockley is the official for that game. The road team has won eight of the nine games that Hockley has officiated this season. Got to be a coincidence. Okay, Mr. Perception is Reality with sports gambling. <laughs> Jets hosting the Dolphins. Dolphins, they hold wins over the Ravens and the Patriots. They lost to Jacksonville. They now face a Jets team that beat the Titans and the Bills. Or was it the Bengals? Bengals. Bengals, thank you. Uh, and the Jets have also lost along the way as well. They have 18 interceptions this season. Joe Flacco starting. I would take the Dolphins yeah. against the Dolphins defense. Uh, Eagles hosting the Saints. There have been six fumbles returned for touchdowns this season. Darius Slay's done it twice. And he did it this past week in a crazy uh, play that's been overanalyzed from Teddy Bridgewater's effort. Give Darius Slay some credit for making that play. Going back and watch the entire fumble recovery. Great return top to bottom. I don't think Bridgewater's getting a guy down. Yeah, just some effort, though, I think it's it's more or less. like Could have slowed him down. It could have slowed him down. Made him move. Um, this this is straight. Do you do you buy the Philadelphia run game or the Saints run defense? Because Philly has been excellent running the football as of late, um, and they've been doing it without their top rusher. The Saints, meanwhile, only allow seventy two rushing yards per game by the opponent. I'll go Saints run defense. Yeah, same here. Uh, Washington is at Carolina. Taylor Heineke beat Brady this past weekend. Nearly beat him in the playoffs last uh, in the playoffs of last year. Can he stack back-to-back performances as Cam Newton starts for the first time in Carolina since September of 2019? No, Heineke cannot. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> Newton is back, um, and he's he's, back. he's facing Ron Rivera, his former coach. I want Carolina to be good. By the way, Chad, I picked them to have a while. Well, time. they're good now that Cam's back, so don't worry about that. The 49ers are back on the road. Jimmy Garoppolo is terrible on the road. Only two touchdown passes on the road this season for Jimmy G. Jimmy G. He has 10 touchdown passes at home. He needs Hockley to officiate his road games. Uh, <laughs> Jacksonville has forced a league-low five turnovers all year. Interesting matchup there. Um, and I say that because, again, Jimmy G is not good on the road. Raiders hosting the Bengals. Derek Carr, three touchdowns, also three interceptions in the back-to-back losses. They need to get their passing game back on track. The last time the Bengals won coming off a bye was 2015. They're well-rested. They don't play well off the bye. Chiefs and Cowboys. Everyone is expecting the game of the weekend right here. Dak Prescott had his first rushing touchdown since his injury last year. His first rushing touchdown in over 400 days, MVP. I believe. MVP. Um, Chiefs are 4-0 and against the NFC. They can move to 5-0 and for the season as they face the non-conference opponent. Which is weird. 17th game, you never heard about a fifth game before. Seahawks hosting the Cardinals. Seattle ranks last in the NFL in time of possession. Cardinals may or may not have Kyler Murray. Murray has returned to practice. Still no injury designation going into game week. 
Sunday night football, Chargers hosting the Steelers. Pittsburgh last year forced 27 turnovers. They're on pace for only 15 this year. And Monday night football, the Buccaneers, after uh, after back-to-back losses, they are hosting the Giants. Only three wins on the season. But the Giants have played well as of late. They've won two of their last three. Their one loss came to Kansas City on that last-minute field goal by the Chiefs. Can the Giants pull off the upset on Monday night in prime time as Brady will be on full display? Somebody's down to Daniel Jones as his starting quarterback on his fantasy We team. just made it through every single game. That's there right. was one thing on every game. Very made impressive it perfect work. time. Excellent work, Hudson. Headlines when we return on Outkick 360. We will dive into the NFL, college football, and more. That's all straight ahead right here on the Outkick Network. Hang with us.